I V M. Hello, welcome, and khushamadeed. You're listening to the Note with me, Maharo Khanayat. The BJP and the Shiv Sena had been long-time friends in the political arena. Now they find themselves on the opposite ends of the political spectrum, almost becoming sworn enemies. Today, if the BJP takes any decision, the Shiv Sena is almost the first amongst the opposition parties to react and criticize it. Joining me on the note is a person who was once a member of the Congress party, now is a member of the Shiv Sena and also a Rajya Sabha member of parliament, Priyanka Chaturvedi. Welcome, welcome, Priyanka. Thank you so much for joining me on The Note. You know, I'll start off by saying that politics is in, uh, indeed a strange, strange uh, place to be in. I mean, you're a fine politician. I think one of the most dynamic young female politicians that I can, you know, uh, look at currently in parliament. You're a Rajya Sabha member of parliament. You move from the Congress party to the Shiv Sena and now you find yourself in a strange kind of alliance in the state with your former party members. How has that experience been for you as a politician? It has been a very pleasant experience for me. Of course, there was some unpleasantness when I quit. But I uh, chose to uh, maintain the dignity of this course even when I quit uh, while there were several wild attacks for me. But I continue to uh, ensure that I did not fall down to those levels. However, I think uh, at the end of it all, both the parties coming together and forming an alliance and, um, you know, being part of the government in the state uh, has been good. And uh, all, have been ha- all of them have been welcoming uh, and have been also supporting me and helping me wherever they can as far as uh, understanding the parliamentary procedures concerned. So I would say I look at everything as half glass full as uh, in a positive manner, I uh, hold no grudges. I hold no grief for anything or anybody. So, um, yes, it's been it's been nice. Let's talk about the Shiv Sena, right? Uh, would you agree with the assessment that, you know, under the leadership of Uddhav Thakre, the party has somewhat uh, smoothened its uh, rough edges? I mean, from being seen as a party that was ready to get on the streets and, you know, be uh, follow a firebrand kind of uh, style of politics, it's now somehow become more mild, for lack of a better word. Would you agree with that assessment? Actually, I would look at politics as something which, and political parties as something that continue to uh, raise the voices of the people and match up to the aspirations of the people and what they expect of uh, political parties to do. So mm. every party will stop evolving after a period of time, will stop growing as well, or stop, uh, you know, getting more people on their side or, uh, you know, conveying to them what they're looking at and what they are working towards. So every political party reinvents itself. It also evolves itself. It looks at the changing dynamics of the society. And what politics was needed perhaps a decade ago may not be the similar politics that needs to, the, the next decade needs. So hmm. the more you evolve, the uh, I would say uh, the more you're willing to change as per the uh, expectations of the people. I think those political parties are the ones which will continue to serve the purpose of the people and work with the society at large. So what you see in Shiv Sena, of course, because of different leadership, we had uh, Bala Sahib Thakre, uh, who was, of course, the leader, and he continues to inspire us and inspire every single uh, party worker. 
not just in Maharashtra, across the world. He is someone who's uh, still remembered, uh, whether it was his fiery speeches, his oratory, and what he did for the people of the city and the state. Moving on, I think as far as Shusena is concerned, uh, under different leadership, under Uddhav Bala Sahib Thakre, we do understand what the changing aspirations of people are, the state is, and we work as per what they expect us to do, and we serve as per what their expectations of a political party are. So yes, I would say that, uh, change is uh, the only constant in life, and every political party that refuses to change is condemned to the pages of history. Interesting. You know, BJP has been a longtime friend of the uh, Shiv Sena, right? An ally for the longest time, suddenly has turned foe. Would you say that as many commentators and many of your friends would also say that this is politics of opportunism? Can you say with a certain degree of certainty that the Shiv Sena will never align with the BJP again? Given the kind of statements that come from you, Sanjay Raut and other leaders of the Shiv Sena, it almost seems as if now the BJP is pariah for the, for the Shiv Sena. I don't know if you would have observed uh, when Shiv Sena was part of the alliance also uh, with the Bharati Janta Party. Shiv Sena continued to speak up as the voice of the people and what they expected a political party to do irrespective mm. of its alliance. This is something which I would say has brought it a tremendous amount of goodwill and credibility uh, for the party and it continues to be the driving force in Maharashtra where it sets the terms of engagement. So I wouldn't call it opportunism. I would be very clear that there were some agreements, some principled disagreements and some promises that were unkept and promises which were broken. And the alliance can only continue if there is a mutual sense of respect and mutual sense of understanding that both parties have to grow together. One cannot grow at the expense of another. If you look at Bharatiya Janata Party's trajectory, they are rising on the back of various regional parties. Now, their long-standing ally, Shiromani Akali Dal, also has broken away from them. So BJP, like all political parties I spoke about, evolved. BJP also has evolved into something which was not the similar BJP with which Shiv Sena aligned with. As far as going back to uh, you know BJP is concerned, I think that is categorically ruled out with the kind of, I would say, attacks and personalized attacks that came across after the alliance broke up, after we came into power and the, the targeting that happened where uh, it was absolutely uh, the lowest of low kind of uh, discourse that uh, the country witnessed and the attacks that were witnessed, I think it would be extremely uh, difficult for both the sides to ever reconcile on these matters. There are certain boundaries you do not cross. But mm. uh, I think, and we've maintained the, those boundaries because we believe that a personal lives and personal uh, relationship should not get into the political discourse. That is not the case with the Bharti Janta Party where they've formed a, a I think it's a, it's a pattern of Sam, Dam, Dan, Bhed, where they will follow every uh, trick uh, in, the, in their books to continue to uh, demean, continue to trouble, continue to behave badly as far as politics is concerned. So there is a certain boundary to even political parties and their attitude. That, that does not seem to be coming from the Bharatiya Janata Party. Can you elaborate on what these boundaries are that you feel that the BJP has kind of, you know, crossed? There were certain issues that... Uh, um, when the alliance also broke up, everybody knows the reasons for the alliance to break up. Certain commitments mm. were made uh, when the alliance came about. And this alliance came about at a time when Bharatiya Janata Party was uh, not too sure about its second coming and coming with a majority. And uh, certain commitments were made with regards to the state elections as well, 
And that is why this alliance happened. For them to go back on their promises, the commitment which came from the highest leadership, senior most leadership of the BJP was in a manner, I would say, crossing a boundary of having mutual faith and trust in Mm -hmm. an alliance. Uh, Followed by uh, the, you know, when I say personal attack and personal targeting, insinuations, the world witnessed how social media was used to try and um, undermine people, undermine their work, undermine how things were happening in the state. Lots of rumors, lots of fake stories, lots of hate-driven agenda, lots of uh, string pulling by using the ED, CBI, etc. I think those are boundaries where you where you move from political issues to personalized attacks. I think those are the boundaries which every political party needs to respect. Would you be referring in particular to how Ms. Aditya Thakre has been targeted in the past one year, uh, especially, you know, uh, being dragged into various controversies that we saw? Uh, is that what you're referring to? That's when you say that personal boundaries have been crossed? Yes, I, I mean, it is not just one uh, incident such as what was happening with uh, Sri Aditya Thakre, someone who was doing some a, a tremendous job uh, at a young age coming as an MLA, handling his constituency as well as handling ministerial role with regards to tourism and environment, but trying to divert the attention of the people from the work at hand and what work needs to be done in Maharashtra, it became a personal uh, all-out attack using fake bots, fake stories, fake narratives. And we all witnessed how Maharashtra came under attack from various sources and a lot of influence. uh, You continue to target Mr. Rao, Mr. Rao's family, you send an ED for inquiries. So those are, I mean, there's just not one individual. There are several more who have been targeted. So I believe that uh, in, a, in, a, in a system, you can have opposing point of view, but you cannot have uh, an imposing sense of self where you can put yourself everywhere and try and demean someone else and uh, pull them down. By that same argument, are you also referring to the fact that you have raised a point about Maharashtra being ignored in the budget that was announced uh, by the finance minister? Do you think that same kind of treatment is being meted out to Maharashtra because you and the BJP were former allies and, you know, parted on a, on a bad note? There are a couple of issues here. Since I represent Maharashtra in the uh, uh, Rajya Sabha, it becomes imperative that I, when I look at the union budget, and living in a, a country which respects federal structure, and we've had the Prime Minister, who was also the Chief Minister of Gujarat, speaking about cooperative federalism. And when we don't see that coming, you're bound to raise questions. For example, Mumbai world knows, the world recognizes, the world understands that mm. it is the financial capital of the country. And for you to, you know, take IFSC away to another new hub that you're trying to create in Gujarat. Uh, well, we can have various uh, such capitals. We can have smart cities across the country. Why just Gujarat? We, we promote it everywhere. But for you to give tax breaks, tax incentives, talk about IFSC, talk about uh, FinTech Hub, etc., only in a particular city, while ignoring the rest, which are already not just have a set of ecosystem there, instead of you know enhancing that ecosystem, you try and, you know, through your vindictive attitude, you try and ignore that, which is unfortunate. The world looks at Mumbai as a global hub. The world looks at uh, Mumbai as a global melting pot of a city which uh, attracts one of the best businesses in the world and one of the safest uh, cities in the country. And for you all to continue to deny Maharashtra, it's not just about Maharashtra. You have only concentrated on states which are election-going states. 
this is not a manifesto reading event this is something that people look up to and wait for to understand how their entire financial hmm. planning would happen so you cannot ignore states at the expense of your politics and that that is when it becomes unfortunate when a chief minister who's now the prime minister speaks about cooperative federalism suddenly chooses to have selective federalism in states which are uh, election bound or as well as those which have the bharti janata party at the helm that is where i think the problem rises and that is why i spoke about so i'll i'll come back to the same question that i was trying to ask all this while what ideologically is the difference between you and the bjp both believe in the abrogation of article 370 the ram mandir uh, ban on pakistan artists so if somebody were to look at these two parties you and the bjp within maharashtra say for instance what would you say is ideologically the difference between the two because i can't find too many differences there no in terms of ideology i think bharatiya janata party as far as 370 is concerned yes we stood by 370 and we believe that uh, even uh, for that matter i would say the congress party under jawaharlal nehru believed the same that we would uh, initiate as article 370 and we will repeal it once people of uh, jammu and kashmir you know are totally are part and find themselves as an integral part of the land they will revoke that that was something that even the congress party began with what mm. happened later is a matter of politics for various parties which were in power in jammu and kashmir so that does not have to be about ideology it is something which is very categorically a commitment to a nation which is integrated from all sides a nation which has given respect to federal structure but cannot show favoritism to certain mm. states so mm. that is uh, uh, one part of it as far as ram mandir is concerned ram mandir was not a matter of our politics it is a matter of our faith and as far as while bharatiya janata party used it to convert into votes we continue to believe that it is a matter of faith and we should respect the sentiment behind it and we were amongst the first political parties when the supreme court verdict came in that we went and visit our chief minister visited ayodhya in terms of differences in ideology i think it is about how you implement changes when you when you talk about ideas how you change bring about those changes uh, uh, when you are implementing an idea when you are taking people along when you convince them that this is the right india what bharatiya janata party is doing and has continued to do is to impose an idea that they believe is right without taking the stakeholders into this we believe in the parliamentary democracy we believe that every issue needs to be discussed debated uh, that dissent is important while being in an alliance we were uh, dissenting on issues that we did not agree with hmm. so i think our ideology is about people driven uh, work and including everyone uh, as a stakeholder and convincing them about these ideas it is not bharatiya janata party's idea like the, we are seeing with the farmer farm laws where they believe that farmers should be convinced that this is the best thing to have happened to them while the mm. farmers continue to say this is not what they want hmm you know interesting uh, i love the fact that you use the word dissent because that's what i want to come to next what's happening in the country what according to you is the current atmosphere we have a singer an international st- a singer who puts out her personal opinion and suddenly there's a statement coming from the ministry of external affairs uh, we have the government of bihar the police of bihar actually coming out with the notification that if you're part of a government protest or an anti government protest uh, then you will not be a eligible for a government job or a government contract i mean what is going on according to you exactly this is imposing ideas which people are protesting against in that belief that only the bharatiya janata party knows what is best for the country while others don't hmm. what i found extremely 
amusing but also saddening at the same time is while every single indian has an opinion about what happened at the capitol hill i was watching i was part of the rajya sabha discussion today where capitol hill was mentioned several times over and compared to india but and we feel free to talk about it in the, in 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 our parliament as well but when somebody else comments on what's happening in india an individual i'm not talking about an elected head of state because i was the first one to tweet to mr trudeau when he had uh, you know us made a comment about the mm. farmers issues where i said listen you as an elected head of the state cannot interfere in our domestic issues we will resolve it on our own but mm. when an individual uh, and activists across the world happen to see something which where, which involves banning internet which involves uh, not providing water to the farmers who are protesting where 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 it involves barricading building walls not providing toilet facilities to them that is when human rights come in it is a global universal issue it has nothing to do with india or geographical boundaries human rights are a universal issue so by stopping someone from talking about a farmers issue and for mea to come up with a letter in such an arrogant tone and tenor is extremely unfortunate why can't a rihana or for that matter someone else comment about um, uh, what is happening in india as an activist who's interested in an issue didn't we talk about black lives matter did we uh, I, i mentioned capital hill protest being discussed uh, spoken about in the parliament proceedings too so the democracy is about dissent democracy when you ban the internet when you ban uh, uh, some facilities to the farmers who are dissenting they're dissenting they're not desecrating democracy what you're doing is a desecration of democracy and the constitutional norms by passing those bills first in the parliament in such a hurried fashion which is unconstitutional and then you continue to deny suppress their voices because democracy allows dissent and you're suppressing that so whatever the mea statement is actually a confirmation of our intolerance to any comment uh, with regards to support for such causes or such issues some people call it bullying yes it is it is uh, uh, bullying using fake narratives using anti national words like anti national words like jihadis pakistanis khalistanis they are you are bullying people to shut up you bullying this is the ta- listen uh, i have to tell you this year maruf this is the pattern that they follow so if you have a woman who speaks against the idea of what they believe is the right way to uh, govern they will bully her in various methods to try and shut her up many women leaders or uh, i wouldn't say leaders women who were on twitter stopped discussing politics and uh, data shows that they stopped discussing politics because they were getting bullied now you have started registering fires i believe there's a first fir registered against one of the social activist of delhi just today delhi police has filed an fir against her tweet so what you're doing is you are silencing voices suppressing them through using sta- uh, uh, you know the powers bestowed on you and that is a way of bullying people into silence or into agreement farmers have not gone as per what they expected the tried and tested script and that is why they do not know how to handle it anymore and they they are doing all kinds of uh, they are putting in all kinds of uh, ideas and efforts to try and discredit the interpreter you were in parliament today uh, finally some time given for the farm protest to be spoken about and debated in parliament do you think government has lost the narrative here or will it still by means of controlling it or trying to control it still have the edge as far as the government is concerned and as far as opposition was concerned we would have really wanted it to be a separate discussion on farmers issues a separate mm. debate 
should not have been part of the motion of thanks. But you have a government which refuses to even cooperate or even, uh, you know, accommodate the other side or the other, um, uh, the opposition. However, the the government was forced to uh, give more hours of uh, a motion of thanks and where we will be able to speak on the farmers' issues. And I personally believe that voices from the parliament need to be reaching out to the farmers, that there are many people in this country who stand in support for them, and we are willing to fight it out inside the parliament. While the government could have betrayed their trust, the government could have betrayed their belief that they will lead a better life under the Modi government. But as opposition, we are committed to the people of uh, the country, and whatever their voices are, we can only amplify it through the uh, parliament. And uh, the, yes, the Bharatiya Janata Party, I would say, is on the back foot by accommodating the opposition um, demand of giving more time to this particular discussion. You're also representing Mumbai in a way. And it's been a rough year for the Hindi film industry, something that has been synonymous with the city of Mumbai. Nothing in the budget for the entertainment industry, for the Hindi film industry. We've also seen them have a rough year in terms of the kind of attacks uh, on various innumerable members, I would say, uh, from the industry. It's very interesting that when convenient, the Hindi film industry is used as soft power for the country and now faces almost... uh, the same kind of bullying that we are seeing in other sectors. Do you think this is part of the center's design or the BJP's design rather to take the Hindi film industry out of Mumbai? Uh, They can try their best. It's not going to happen. (laughs) 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 Honestly, I mean, uh, many have attempted it. Uttar Pradesh did it earlier too. And I listen, uh, you cannot stop creativity to flourish in any part of the country. Hmm. Creativity exists everywhere and you have to create an ecosystem and environment which gives them all this, uh, gives them an ecosystem which is safe, which is secure for its women, which has all the facilities available. You have public transport at any given hour of the day. You have a sense of security, sense of well-being and sense of not being judgmental all the time. The uniqueness of the city of Mumbai is that the people of the city are non-judgmental. Women can work at any hours of the day and feel safe. You have a Mumbai police which works 24-7, 365 days to ensure that, uh, you know, women women feel safe and there are no areas which are no-go areas for them. We also have public transport which is, uh, you know, in place. Others will have to do a lot of work catching up to even trying to move something out of there, which is absolutely, I mean, you know, they're doing that with Gift City also. But uh, as far as we're concerned, we only know we will come back stronger and we will continue to work towards... uh, uh, empowering Mumbai more and more because that's the genesis of India. The financial capital is the city of Mumbai. Now, with regards to Bollywood, I found it extremely uh, amusing today that the letter from the MEA was um, in a very coordinated fashion being tweeted. I saw that by tweet of yours. Many, mm-hmm. many Twitter handles, Bollywood Twitter handles. So I think it is for the Hindi cinema industry to judge where do they stand in this side of the debate. Because last one year, like you said, it was a very rough period where people were targeted. People were targeted on the basis of fake agenda, fake story, continue to be targeted in a very synchronized fashion. And they also realized that there is no financial support coming from the uh, center. And not just there, also the tourism industry does not see any kind of plan coming forward from, uh, from this particular budget where tourism should be one of the priority areas to create more jobs. Tourism should become the most important means 
or being able to not just use your capital expenditure by creating infrastructure, but you're also getting people to spend money as well as creating livelihood. But again, zilch on that. So moving forward, I don't think Bollywood needs some sobs. What it needs is a very clear unity as far as you know keeping politics away from entertainment is concerned because the more they indulge i mean and i'm speaking without uh, i would say it's not my job to tell anyone anything but the idea would be that they speak as a united front keeping entertainment away from politics but unfortunately it's become a very connected world but having having said that, uh, Priyanka, the Shiv Sena has also been hard on Bollywood in the past. There have been several times when the Shiv Sena has kind of asked Bollywood to toe the line, has has stopped the release of certain films. So your own party has been uh, guilty of doing that. So I hope that you are also trying to say that the Shiv Sena is not going to make Bollywood toe the line. You know, Amaru, what I find very difficult to explain to people at times, and it may be because it has had such an impact, that an incident that happened 20 years ago or 15 years ago, maybe 7, 8 years ago, Hmm. continues to be spoken about in the current context, which is fine. However, Hmm. when I speak and when circumstances have changed, where you can see the uh, visible changes, we discuss less of those and we continue to talk about what happened in the past. Of course, we learn from our past. Of course, we correct ourselves from the past. Of course, we also rework on how we, as a political party, are. So whatever has happened, of course, has happened in the past. And we have spoken several times about it. And Bollywood, in fact, I would say people who live in Mumbai would know how closely Hindi cinema has been working alongside Shusena and how Shusena has continued to make it a very safe environment for the Hindi uh, film industry. So more than the negatives, there are more positives in that understanding of that equation, understanding of that relationship. And I just hope they continue to get stronger and we will continue to back them. All right. I like this new uh, new Shiv Sena, most definitely Priyanka. And let's hope it continues that way. Finally, I want to ask you as a woman politician, because that's what fascinates me the most. What is it to be a member of parliament and a woman in today's India. Uh, do you see the same kind of misogyny, casual sexism still prevalent? Is it hard being a woman politician in India? Yes, I would say uh, at multiple levels, it has been a tough journey. But I also believe that when you are absolutely clear about what your ideas are and what you are bringing to the table, then you should, there should not be any sense of compromise Nobody ever should be able to tell you that, uh, look at what you've gone and done. You could have done something else. I will choose where I want to be, how I want to be, how I come across. And that is how I will grow in life. When people accuse me of being ambitious, I didn't know ambitious was an abuse. (laughs) I didn't know women having an ambition should be undermined or demeaned. Yes, I'm ambitious. I have targets in my life. I want to be uh, taking many more barriers, hopefully. Those are, I think, a part of, you know, the society that we live in, where they believe that the decisions will be taken by men and women will just uh, follow them. But there is a change. I see a change happening where uh, men also would want more women voices and there is support coming from there. Being in the parliament, yes, uh, Rajya Sabha has much lesser women than Lok Sabha has. We have 14% representation of women in uh, the Lok Sabha, thanks to two regional parties, which gave more tickets to women uh, Mm. to contest in the Lok Sabha. And that is why you see a higher rise in numbers. You don't see it because of some uh, changes that came in only post-2014. But Mm. uh, in the Rajya Sabha, there are fewer numbers. 
but uh, what is interesting is that uh, we women uh, get together and we try and ensure that our voices are also heard equally and we are making uh, that change and in terms of uh, how does it feel to be a member of parliament it honestly hasn't really uh, sunk in because every day i go when i go to the parliament i see some disruption happen or for last one year we did not even have a parliament session due to covid my entire energy and efforts were to ensure that uh, people of mumbai came out of covid uh, whatever efforts i could put in i do my best to do that so that is how it is and i just hope um, our collective journeys as women and our collective voices encourage more women to come in these spaces and acquire spaces they own not gifted to them nothing comes as a gift we own them we are just reluctant to claim ownership wonderful more power to you uh, priyanka chaturvedi and i hope you speak without fear or, or favor in the future and perhaps can also speak without you know having any kind of pressure ideologically speak from the heart continue to do that and thank you so much for being with me on the note thank you so much if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at the rate IVM podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm Mahrukh Hinayat on Twitter and Mahrukh Hinayat on Instagram as well.